want to say something quick about next week. So, um, y'all know that for a long time I've not really been concerned to speak, I don't want to say against, but to the issues that we face in our country, and I'm not talking political, I'm not talking like I'm standing up for a candidate, uh, because there's not really one that I would want to stand up for right now anyway, but um, praise the Lord. Side note, but specifically with the issues that we've faced recently, but if we can be honest, the issues that we have faced for years and maybe we've hidden behind religion and hope that it's not an issue. And so the purpose of this series is not, are we facing these issues, but how did we get here? Like, how did it end up this way, and, and how can we turn it around? Like, what's the deal with where my heart is? Because this is the deal. I think a lot of times, and this is, I'm going to be quick, and then I'm going to jump right in, but I think a lot of times what we think is, oh my goodness, those people hate, so I need to address that. But they didn't start hating somehow it ended up getting to that point. So how did we get here? And that's what I want to address because what Jesus called us to do is love our neighbor as ourselves, love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. By this, everyone's going to know that we're his disciple if we love. So what makes it so hard to love? And I'll just give you a little nugget and then we'll jump in. I believe that it's just that whatever. It's that apathy if y'all know what I'm talking about, it's that that's the enemy of love, not hate. Hate we fight against, but apathy is just where we all kind of sit. And so that leads me into today, and I bet I'm not the only one in the room. I'm not preaching on that specifically today because I'm doing the last part of I Am. And um, I don't know if I should say it's my favorite one, but I did save one of the best, if not the best for last, because... Uh, I don't know if you can preach more hope than the resurrection. And that's what this one is. And so, this is what I've asked myself all week, because I'm just going to be real with y'all. Y'all know that that's one thing that I try to do. I'm not always transparent. Sometimes I try to hide things, but most of the time I can be pretty transparent, uh, even at home with Leah. <laughs> she lives with me, so sometimes, bless her heart, y'all, it's rough. But not for me, for her, but life is, life is just hard sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? Like no matter what kind of pretty face I put on, and woo, sometimes it ain't real pretty, but no matter what kind of face that I try to make and go through, sometimes it's just hard because I don't get it. Does anybody else feel like I feel? Maybe I'm the only one in the place that's, that's here this morning. Is it hot or something? Do y'all, I think it's cold in here. Do y'all, do y'all not get it sometimes? Is it just like, God! I know what you said, and I know what you said you would did, and I know what you, y'all thought I was supposed to say do, but I meant did. Come on, everybody, wake up, it's good. But I don't get it right now. What's going on? Am I the only one? Talk to me in this place. This week's just felt that way to me. Nothing bad has happened to me. But I've had so many moments where I've just looked and said, God, you said that you would do, and then I just started telling him, so, God, what's up? And I just felt like there was nothing in my office or nothing in here when I was walking around praying. And there's just sometimes in my life where God is just flowing and I just hear him and hear him and hear him. And this week, 
I was hearing, that was pretty good cricket, wasn't it, everybody? I, I was just hearing the crickets. And I just want to, I just want to just cry and scream and, and then I go home and I want to feel good because we all want to feel it, right? Is anybody with me? We all want to feel good. And then when you don't feel it, I, I'm a blessing at home, everybody. Praise the Lord. I mean, just, and it's not, again, it's not just violence doesn't happen and, and complete hatred. It's just, I like the love that I'm going to start preaching on next week. And it's just because I don't feel it. And it's because it's not on my time, if y'all know what I'm talking about. Because I really do love Burger King Christianity. My way right away at Jesus King now. And when it's not that way, I struggle with this right here, everybody, because I know who I am in Christ. And if you're not a Christian, I'm so, so excited that you're here today because this one is for you as well, big time. But specifically for the Christians for a second, I know who I am in Christ. But it's that waiting game that gets me, y'all. It's that, it's that in-between time, in the meantime, that I just struggle with and go, God, I know you said this, but what's the deal? So if you have your Bibles, I love this story so much. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in John 11 the entire time except for one verse, and y'all don't need to turn there. It'll be on the screen. So I want you to turn to John 11. This is the story of Lazarus. And if y'all have never heard this before, you're going to hear it today. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Here we go. We're going to pray and then we're going to get started. God, I'm pumped because I believe you want to do something and um, you started it in me. But I know it wasn't for me. It was to bring people to you. It was to glorify your name. It was to make much of who you already are and to help us see more clearly who we are in you. Even when we don't understand, God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we declare that Jesus is awesome in this place. Holy Spirit, you're already here. You inhabit the praises of your people. And worship was amazing this morning, and we're grateful, but we are so thankful for you, and we're thankful that we get to see you in a little bit different light this morning. And so because of that, and because Jesus is so good, we praise you, and we pray to you, and we lift your name. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Jesus' name, praise the Lord. It said, now a certain man was ill. Do y'all know what ill means? He was sick, right? <laughs> Nobody? Y'all are like, what? Lazarus of Bethany. Let me tell you where Bethany is. So if you're, if you're in J Jerusalem, which is everybody kind of has an idea. It's in Israel, everybody, if you didn't know that. But if you're on the Mount of Olives, which is just outside, and you look into Israel, if you look over your shoulder just like this, Jerusalem's here. If you look over... It's right behind you. It's about as close to Bethany on the other side of the mountain as it is Jerusalem on this side of the mountain. So it's walking distance for them, but it's driving distance for me. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? No sense in walking. All that exercise, everybody. I love exercise if it includes a ball. Somebody say amen and knows what I'm talking about. Continuing it has nothing to do with the story. Y'all just stay with my ADD. The village of Mary and her sister Martha. And so in the previous chapter... We see Mary who was anointing the feet of Jesus and, and Martha who was standing there. And that's what it says right here. It was Mary who anointed the Lord's feet with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. 
or ill. And so you kind of get a picture because he loved these people and he was not with them. Now look at this. So when the sisters sent to him, they sent, they sent word through somebody saying, Lord, he whom you love is, is ill. And this was very, very, very sick, y'all. This was, this was, he's about to die sick. You don't send off for a cold. Y'all know the prayer meetings where it's like, my mom's toes hurt. That's not what this is. I'm y'all like, yeah, I'm not going to laugh because that was me. All right. But when Jesus heard it, he said, the illness does not lead to death. It's for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now, when you hear that, everybody, everybody go, whoo. Right? You just get that relief. Thank you, Jesus. I knew it. Yes, the promises. I need y'all to know before I continue that everything in your life that has ever taken place that you don't understand, that listen to me, on this side of heaven you never will understand, is all for the glory of God. That he's working all these things for his glory, for kingdom's sake, and for your good. Everything. That doesn't make sense to me in some of your cases. I'm looking out at you and I know what's going on in your life, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you it's true. But what about the not yet part? What about when you can't see it? What about when it's hard and you're struggling right where you are? That's when this is hard. And he says, listen, this illness doesn't lead to death, but the glory of God. So this is how he continues. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed. Now, y'all listen. He stayed where he was two days longer in the place where he was at. If anybody else has had the week that I've had, this is what you feel like. Jesus, I'm calling. Ain't nobody home. Where you at? I'm staying where I'm at for your good. No, I'm sick. Maybe not physically, but, but my soul is sick. I need you right now. Now. Has anybody ever done this? Maybe it's just me that talked, me and the Lord. We, I'm just honest because he already knows my thoughts, so I just let it go. Like, I just, well, I just want him to know it. And, and I just I start feeling like, God, why? There's sometimes I read the Bible and I go, hey, what? Right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, he, he loved him so much that he stayed where he was. I need you to know that Jesus knows you better than you know you. And sometimes wait and not yet is the right thing. And if you got what you wish you could get, it'd be the worst thing that ever happened to you. But we turn our backs on God in those moments because we say, I need it my way right away at Jesus King now. And he ain't no Burger King, baby. He's Jesus. And he knows you better than you ever will and knows the hairs on your head. And the thing that will shift your life is when you can accept this principle. Yes, but not yet. Yes, but not yet. Maybe in your life today, the thing that's got you so frustrated is unrealized and unrealistic expectations because you know the, the plans he has for you, declares the Lord, the plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And you've claimed that, but you didn't read the rest of the chapter. And, you, and, and we don't read if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. Then we'll hear from heaven. He'll heal our land. What we hear is, we're going to hear from heaven, he's going to heal our land. I can claim it. But sometimes wait is the answer. And I have found in my life that when Jesus says, for your good, because I love you so much, I'm going to stay right where I am for two more days or two seasons or two months 
or 20 years you've been praying for your son and you don't know when he's going to get saved and he's living like a hellion and you're embarrassed. I need you to know that God knew all of these things before and he's not surprised. He does not live in our time. He is not looking out going, oh, that I treat him like he is, y'all. Because I put him in my human box and I think, God, you have to operate when I need you to operate. And then my expectation for God is that he'll work on my time. It's like I pray and I say, Lord, this is my time. So you're welcome to move at any time in Jesus' name. And I believe that we, listen, don't miss this. Jesus said this, not me, that that if we have faith of a mustard seed, we can look at that mountain and say, move, and it will move. But there is a difference between a mountain that he's called us to move and your life that he's called you to live. And most of us think we're the mountain. And he's the solid rock. He's the foundation. He's the cornerstone. And I am a dust man. (laughs) That's what Adam means, literally. Dust man or man from the dust that God breathed new life into. I am not righteous on my own. I am righteous because of him. And when I forget that, I tell God and remind God what I've done. What I should do is remind God of what he did and forget all that I've done because he did. That was good and y'all missed it. He forgot what you've done. So just because you've done a little bit of good don't mean that you should be reminding him of all that good. I should be thanking him for all he did that he forgot all my bad and he remembers only that I'm his righteousness because of what he did. Everybody missed it, but that was good. I'm preaching to somebody in here. Come on. Next verse. It says in verse 11, so we're skipping a little bit and it's just telling the story, but listen, he just said, I'm just gonna wait here for a couple days and after saying these things, our friends... It said our friend has fallen asleep. That means that he's died. But I go to awaken. And so the disciples heard this and they said, well, if you're going to go to awaken, he's all right, right? It ain't no big deal. Lord, if he hasn't, if he's just fallen asleep and not like really dead, but maybe you misunderstood what you said, maybe you meant to say something else, then then it's all good. He's going to recover. And then verse 14 says, then Jesus said, he gone. <laughs> Let me just, can I do a rewind? <laughs> right? Verse four, this sickness does not lead unto death. Yes, praise the Lord. He gone. Huh? Like Jesus, do you? I'm probably the only one because I feel like y'all know everything a little bit more than me and you're more mature and I'm being a little bit sarcastic. So in Jesus name, I love you. But do y'all ever look and say, hey, you say, what? Like, what? What are you talking about, Jesus? How do we get here? I know that you know where here is and where there is because you've already been there and you've already been here. But this ain't what you said. You said he wasn't going to die. And now you're saying he's dead. And what is going on? What's going on in the kitchen, but I don't know what's cooking. Like, I don't get what's going on right now. It's crazy. I feel like I feel like this is the tension that I live under, y'all. I need y'all to lean in right now. This right here is one of the most beautiful pictures of all of our lives. Because we desire to see God do great things. And if you're not that person in here, I hope by the end of it you will be. But most of us, if we call ourselves Christians, desire to see God do great things. 
but we want to do them. <laughs> and this is what Jesus said in the next chapter, by the way, in, verse, in chapter 12, verse 25. He said, unless a, a seed of grain, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it's, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And so listen, listen, my frustration as a follower of Jesus oftentimes is that, God, I'm not producing the fruit that I wanted to produce. And, and actually, God, what I'm actually producing is the fruit that I never wanted to produce. And so I need you to fix this and this so that I can do my thing and everybody thinks that I've got good fruit. And he's like, wait, unless a grain of seed falls and dies. It's going to keep doing its thing that it's always done. And you want, and I want, the Jesus genie to come fix whatever it is that we have in our lives. But until we humble ourselves before God and die to ourselves, listen, daily. That's not salvation. Salvation is calling on his name and trusting him as Savior. One time and you're sealed always. But this is an everyday, always Situation. It's a tension that we have to manage every day, not a problem to solve. You can never solve this problem. It is a mystery that we'll never get. But it is something that we can call to our minds and then call on the Lord and say, it is not about me, it is about you. And today I will make a glorified noise with my mouth, with my life, with the jerks in my life, everybody, with the kind people in my life, whether good or bad, whether sick or healthy, in all things, I will glorify you because that's what you've called me to do. So this is not about me. This is about you, even if it's not yet. Even if it's not yet. This is easy to preach, but it's hard to do. It's hard. Because I find myself reminding God, even this week, God, I've done this. I wish I could tell you what this is because it's crazy. It's the biggest thing God's ever called me and Leah to do, honestly. I didn't say this in the first service, but I think I'm supposed to to y'all. If there's never a time that you're afraid, I'm not sure you've really followed if there's never a time that you're stretched to the point that you don't know where the next thing is, and listen, if God has blessed you with means, that may not mean money. So please don't hear me say, if you can't pay your bills. It, that's going to be the case for some of you, not all of you, and that's fine. But in something, if you don't have the answer, where you just go, Lord, I don't know. Y'all, that was my week. That's my this morning. I didn't all of a sudden get the answer. I just didn't let it stop my praise. But the Lord did not give me a spirit of fear, but power and love and of a sound mind or self-discipline. That is his spirit working through me. So when fear is gripping me and overtaking me, here's what's happening. My spirit is not clinging to his spirit, but my spirit is then now clinging to my flesh, thinking that all of a sudden my flesh that's an enemy of God, which is what Romans 8 says, will now become good and start doing good. And it never will. It's an, it's an enemy of God. And so unless I'm clinging to his spirit, fear will reign, doubt will reign, and I will begin to doubt the things that he's already claimed. I need you to know this. A promise is always sealed by his blood and will never return void. But most of us in the meantime, in the not yet time, fail to die to ourselves 
and don't see the things raised to life that are supposed to be in our lives because we give up. Galatians 6, 9 says, do not grow weary in doing good because in the end you will reap your harvest if you do not give up. That's a big word, y'all, if. But not yet. Some of us have things in our life that we're holding on so tightly to that we're white-knuckled to the point that there's no blood in the fingertips of our lives anymore. And if we continue to do these things, we should stop praying those prayers because God does not hear it if you're not humble. God loves you. God hears you at the moment's notice that you want to humble yourself before him. But if the only time you pray to God is just to get something, we're going to miss it. I need y'all to know something awesome about the word. The word, look at this, the word that Jesus sends out for you and sends out there, and I'm going to tell you why in a second, wasn't for their now. And oftentimes it's not for your now, but it's to bring life to what is dead. Jesus Jesus did not come to, to make bad people good, but to make dead people come alive and make those dead situations in your life come alive. And he's not trying to make you a robot that is good. He's trying to make you a kingdom citizen that has his authority so I can walk through and I can speak to that mountain and say, move. But if I do it on my own merit, then I'm gonna look silly because it's religion that is coming out of me constantly. And here's the thing about a word, y'all. This is just a, this is science. This isn't just the truth of the Bible. When I make a noise, it brings out, it's actually a vibration that comes out until it has something to catch it. It's just a vibration. And John 1 says that Jesus was the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. By him, all things were made and nothing was made that has been made, but through him and in him was life and the life was the light of all men. That's the second part of the resurrection. He is that life. And verse 14 says, the word became flesh and lived among us. And at that time he was living. And when his word spoke and today when we read the word and when we speak the word, it goes before us. And I know some of y'all are afraid to name it and claim it. Because people take advantage of that and they name and claim crazy things. But this is a truth that we can hold on to. And in this case, Lazarus had died. But his word had already gone ahead that said, this isn't to death, but to glorify God. So I need y'all to know this. Lazarus was already alive. They just couldn't see it. Oh my goodness. Just me liked it, but I liked it. I'm going to clap. That was praise the Lord. Because there's some things in your life that are dead. And right now you're struggling with where you are because the but not yet has taken place. But I need you to know this already alive. You just got to walk into it. And it's not putting your nose to your head and scratching your belly a certain way and doing crazy things. It's trusting him, period. That's it. That's all it is. Gracious day, I'm going. Some promises of God are promises for your life, but they're yes, but not yet promises. Some of those things that you are struggling with in your life, they're coming, y'all. But most of us will give up because we'll say, God, you didn't do it my way. And I want to show you the picture in John chapter 11 of this. Imagine being Mary and Martha and your brothers just died. The Bible says he had been dead for four days in the verse before this. The key to four days is every religious sect in that time, every religion believed that after three days your spirit left you. And on the fourth day, your body begins to decompose. 
And there's some things in here that need to decompose in our lives because it's rotting and it's nasty and it'd be good for it to go ahead and die so that Jesus can come in and breathe new life into it. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, and I've said this before and I don't think there's something wrong with saying this, Lord, if you had just been here, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give it to you. And, and Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And that's encouraging. And there's some of our loved ones that have gone before us and we know that they'll rise again, but it still leaves a hole in your heart, doesn't it? In verse 24, listen, listen to this. Martha said, I know that he'll rise again. And I'm praise the Lord on the last day. But listen, woo, this is it. Jesus said to her, I am. What does it say? I am. He is. Not he can. Not he does. But he is. That is who Jesus is. And it's what you become resurrected. Because the resurrecting king is resurrecting me every day of my life. Every day of my life. Every circumstance that I'm going through, the resurrected king is resurrecting me. But when I try to raise new life into things that are dead, I kill more things and have no chance to raise that to life. He, listen, it's not a maybe. It's not a might. It's not a can and it's not a could. He is the resurrection and the life, everybody. Whoever believes in me, though he die, because he has to die so that life happens in him, he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And even though you've got loved ones in here that have passed, the minute that they passed, they were absent from the body but present with the Lord, everybody, because we never have to truly die. And this is the question. Do you believe that? Because that's what Jesus said right here. Do you believe this? And there's a continuing conversation that goes on back and forth. And then her sister Mary comes up. And the scene has changed a little bit because Jesus is in the place where Lazarus has passed. And this is what Mary says in verse 32. Now, Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him. I need you to know that the word Mary in Hebrew means rebellion or rebellious one. Isn't it fascinating that the little girl who the Holy Spirit of God impregnated with the seed of heaven to make Jesus was the rebellious one. But when the rebellious one humbled herself before God's mighty hand, God did amazing things through her. And in this case, when this Mary, rebellious, came to Jesus, she didn't come with a posture of if you had just been here like I often do. God, where are you? But what's it say she did? She fell at his feet. The only way to break the rebellion in your life is to humble yourself before God's mighty hand and he will exalt you. To cast all your cares upon Jesus because he cares to you. To bow down before him and say, Lord, I've been the Lord of my life, but I no longer will be. Not I, but Christ shall live within me. I bow before you, Lord. My rebellion is screaming out and wanting to reign because my flesh is so weak. But God, you are bigger and you are better than all of these things. So Lord, I give you my life every single day I die to myself because my rebellion wants so strongly. And listen to me in this room. Everybody's rebellion. Everybody's rebellion is trying to win. 
But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, everybody. And there's nothing that can stop me at the moment that my rebellion dies. And he lives within me. And he bowed and said, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother would not have died. And here's what Jesus said. At that moment when he saw her, because you can picture it, she was just weeping, but she was bowing before saying, I trust you. I don't get it, but I trust you. I don't know what's happening, but I trust you. I don't know if my side, but I don't know where we're going, but I trust you. God, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I trust you, but I'm hurting. I don't understand. It's okay. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her were also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit. John chapter 8 verse 26 says, when I am hurting too deep for words, the Holy Spirit grieves, not just prays, but grieves on my behalf. And then two verses later it says, I know all things work together for good, but you need to know before things were working together for good, God grieved for you and he loved you and he lived for you before he died for you. And today he lives for you again. Don't let anyone tell you half the gospel that he just died and rose. He's always and, and always will lived for you. And he said, where have you laid Lazarus? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Sometimes, some, sometimes God gives us moments in our lives that we get to experience, not just read how great our God is. There's a family in here who I love very much who has an open wound that is four or five, going on five months old, four and a half months old. And um, I experienced the tiniest portion of this with them, mourning with them four and a half months ago. See, Jesus didn't weep because his friend was dead. He wept because he loved his people. Jesus has already been where you're going and Jesus is not ever surprised by what's taking place, but his love for you is so grand that when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying to his father, knowing that the next day he would die, he wept and sweat and blood dripped down his brow, not from a beating, but from you and not from your sin and hate and shame, but for his pain and love for you. And on this much of a scale, I've felt that before, but I need you to know that every person that has and is and ever will live, he felt and he loves and he knew the hairs on our heads before we were born and he calls you by name and his word goes before me and behind me and his hand is on my head. And then verse 36 says that, I'm sorry, 38 says then, as Jesus was deeply moved, he came up to the tomb, the cave where Lazarus was laying. And I need y'all to know, everybody say stone. See, last week we talked about the rock, but this week I want to talk about the stone. See, in, in the Old Testament, Exodus 20, we have the Ten Commandments, and, and they were written on tablets of stone. And in the New Testament, pointing back to the Old Testament, which always points to Jesus, the stone represents the law. Every time I listen to this, the law shows us how short we've come to the glory of God. 
and, and I don't care how good you are, there's no one righteous, no, not one. No one can meet the mark of the stone. And the truth is, the law overwhelms us and buries us. And listen, Jesus didn't come to just get rid of it. The Bible says that he came to fulfill it. And he made it harder for every single person to meet the mark because he said, you know that the, the law says that you shouldn't commit murder. But I say if you hate your brother, you've already committed murder in your heart. You know that you're not supposed to commit adultery, but you have lust in your heart. You've already committed adultery in your heart. And he made it harder to meet the mark. Why? Woo! Y'all better get this because I'm telling you, it's so good. Because the stone is heavy. Way too heavy for man to push away. But Paul said it this way. Where the law abounds, grace abounds all the more. Grace is way bigger and way better and way more beautiful than anything that law could ever be. And the law only draws you to Jesus. But grace is what rescues you. Grace is God's favor on our behalf through the person and the blood of Jesus. That is why I receive grace. Not because of what I've done, but because of who he is. That's grace. And it's beautiful and it's amazing and it's unbelievable and I don't get it and I never will understand it but I get to receive it to those who believe him and who are called by his name he, he gives us the right to be called the righteousness and the children of God it's amazing and here's what happens and Lazarus is just a picture of every one of your lives in my life Martha the sister of the dead man said to him Lord this is the time there will be an odor. Like, you can't do this now. I know you want to see him and, and it's one last time. And, and some of y'all know what this is like. You want to say goodbye and it's hard. But you can't do it. They didn't have the modern medicine and stuff like we do today to embalm. They just, they couldn't do all that. And so you can't open. Listen, oh my goodness, the Lord just gave me this. And y'all better believe me. There's a lot of y'all, man. There's a lot of y'all that are saying you can't take that stone away because if they find out what I'm really like, if they find out what I'm really like, if they could tell what I really thought this week, Lord, if they could tell what I'm really like, they never want to hear from me. They never forgive me. There'd never be hope. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people say, well, that person just fell from grace. I need you to know that the only way that you can get grace is fall into grace. You can't fall out of grace. Grace is the bottom. Grace is the dirt. That's why God bent in the dirt and breathed into man and gave new life. And that's what he does again in salvation. The dust man received breath to have the first life. And the first Adam was there, but the second Adam came and he was way better because he never sinned and he took on sin and death. And I'm looking around going, God, all this, all this rotting carcass in. They can't see it. He's like, they won't see it. They'll see me. I'm in front of it. It doesn't matter. I paid the price for it. It doesn't matter. Who cares? I'm set free. And if the sun sets me free, I'm free indeed, everybody. And I stop caring what everybody thinks. And I stop holding on to everything else. And I just start saying this. I'm embarrassed, y'all, by some of the things in my past. I will never brag on what I used to be. I'm embarrassed about my week because I was a crybaby. But can I tell you what I'm not embarrassed about? And if y'all go home and say, that dude's crazy. I love you. I don't care. I'm not embarrassed. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the power within me to the Jew first and now to the Greek. And I'm the Greek and I'm saved and I'm grafted into his face because that stone rolled away in my life and that odor is no longer there because I'm the fragrance of Jesus Christ and all that nastiness and death that was on me, it no longer is. It's not I but Christ who lives within me. Gracious day. I'm about to preach. I hadn't even started yet. Just kidding. All right, Jesus said to her, Jesus says to you, if you believed, you would see the glory of God. Did I not tell you this? Yes, but, but it was in that but not yet season, Jesus. And it's so hard. I don't know where to turn. It's so hard during but not yet. I'm with you, everybody. I'm with you. But now is the day of salvation. Now is the day of new life for you. Now is the time, not tomorrow, not next week, but now is the time for us to rise up and say, it is not me, but it is him in me. No matter what I'm facing, no matter how bad it's been, no matter if I was clubbing last night and slept with somebody I shouldn't, none of that matters now. He matters now. Gracious God. So they took away the stone. Are you ready for that in your life? And Jesus lifted his eyes, just like he does for you. And he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard from me. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, just like he cries out to you. He stands at the door and knocks, is what the Bible says. And if anyone lets us or hears my voice, he will enter in and save you. And he says, Lazarus, come out. Now listen, back to the words. Back to the words. The only thing that I can cling to in my life is that word because sometimes no one can go ahead of me. Sometimes there's no one that can rescue me. Sometimes as much as I want to help, I can't help, but there's one thing that can. The fact that his word's already gone in there. And y'all have heard a cave before. Lazarus, Lazarus, Lazarus. And it was bouncing off the walls. And it hit Lazarus. And new life came up. And everything changed. And the moment that you receive his word like this, like it hit Lazarus, and it's get up from that mess that you're in. Stop letting it define you because I am defines me. The resurrection defines me. New life defines me. Get up. And it says that he was bound up. The one who had died and his hands and feet were bound with linen strips and his face was wrapped with cloth and Jesus said to him unbind him listen I'm telling y'all today what Jesus said back then unbind whatever it is that you're there but you can't do it let him loose you and set you free and I need to know in this house today who is it in this room that if you walked out of this door right now and you were killed some awful way or your heart just exploded and you were killed that way. Or you just simply met Jesus and he came down right now was the end of time. Would you walk out of here on your way to hell because you're bound up like all of us are? We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of our sin is death. Or have you met Jesus and because of new life in you, you're on your way to heaven. I believe that some of you walked in here on your way to hell, but you're about to walk out of here on your way to heaven. New life, stone rolled away, unbound, and walking freely because the second Adam breathed new life into you, took on sin and death, took on that cross, shed his blood, and now we have victory in the name of Jesus, everybody. Come on. And so here's my question to you. We're going to pray. I'm not going to try to manipulate you, but I believe God is pulling at your heart. Here's how you know. You feel you throat closing in you're like why are you talking straight to me 
That ain't me. That's the Holy Spirit. And listen, it's your choice. If God's speaking to you right now, not tomorrow, not Thursday, not next Sunday. The Bible says today is the day of salvation, everybody. And so I want you to have that opportunity. No matter where you come from, no matter what your last name is, no matter how old or young you are, this is for you. I need to know who it is that I'm talking to in this room that today is the day of salvation in your life. Will you bow your heads with me? Pastor Mark, I feel like you're talking straight to me, and that's me. I need Jesus to save me right now. I walked in here on the way to hell. I'm walking out on the way to heaven. He lived for me. He died for me. He lives again for me. And I need Jesus to save me right now. If that's you, just throw your hand up wherever you are. Come on, don't you let anything hold you back. Throw your hand up, say, that's me. I see you in the back. Keep your hands up. Who else? Come on. Don't be, don't be the one who leaves here because of pride. Because remember, rebellion's only broken by hitting your knees and saying, Jesus, you're the only hope that I have. Don't let pride keep you from doing it. This is the thing that you know you need. I'm going to give you a couple more seconds. Who is it in this place that says, Jesus, I need you to save me right now. If you're the ones that just prayed and for everybody else in the room, I just want you to pray this to yourself when I pray. God does not save prayers. He saves hearts. But I just want you to repeat these words after me and mean it in your heart. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I deserve to be separated from you from all of eternity. My life is sin. I'm ashamed. But thank you for loving me first and living for me. And today, I trust you as my Savior. I put you in charge in the best way I know how for the rest of my life. Every day, I'm going to walk with you and let you be the boss of my life. Thank you for loving me and dying for me and raising new life in me. I receive it and I believe it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Now, one last thing. Can we clap? Because there was like two or three people that just said yes to Jesus. Come on, everybody. Come on. Will y'all stand to your feet? We're going to sing. But I want y'all to hear this. I think we're going to look back at our lives sometimes, y'all. And we're not going to regret the things that we did. Even the sin, now listen to this, that we were forgiven for. I think maybe my biggest regret when I look back is, not, is that, and maybe this is the hardest thing that we have to deal with, is not waiting on the but not yets, but the ones that I can look at and say, I didn't wait and believe. Maybe the hardest thing is when we had to see to believe and we fail to remember that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And I just want you to know in this room, you're not alone. We all, like sheep, go astray. Everybody. Your pastor sometimes is at the head of the sin line. But we will change the world when he changes our world inside and out. There is nothing that can stop us when the Holy Spirit's reigning in us. And there's nothing we can do if it's all about you. That was good. I just rhymed accidentally. Bricker, bricker. So this is what I want y'all to do. Lord, what would you have me do? That's all I want you to do today. Some of y'all might need to do business with God during this song. Everybody in the first service raised their hand and said, this is for me. I'm not going to ask y'all to do it. This is what I'm going to ask y'all to do. 
you respond how Jesus tells you to respond. Some of y'all need to forgive, be forgiven, whatever it is. But will you just sing at the top of your lungs, no matter what valley you're going through or whatever victory you've been in? That's awesome. Will you just respond by saying, Holy Spirit, come, fall fresh on us. Y'all just declare to the king what he really deserves and cry out to the Holy Spirit of God who lives in you and reigns in you and loves you and falls fresh on you every day. We love you, Jesus, and we declare these things to you in Jesus' name.